This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Atlanta. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We broadcast live every Thursday from our WWWE Real 1100 studios here in Atlanta. And so good morning. I hope you all are having a great, great week. So um, before I do my usual start of the show, I wanted to tell you all about that song. So um, it's been five years since we lost my most favorite singer in the entire universe, Prince. Um, And that was yesterday was the five year anniversary. And so, um, you know, my impulse today was just to play just all Prince music, but that didn't really fit with the theme of the of the topic today so I just played that beautiful song from his 1979 album um, entitled Prince and the name of that song is called With You and if you get a listen to it it is a very very beautiful uh, love song and it talks about being in a relationship and being completely devoted to that person Um, which you know a lot of Prince's songs talked about sex but quite a few of them talked about love as well Um, and so you know Prince we still miss you at least I do Uh, and we still listen to you and still love you and um, there's a new album that's being released um, soon and of course I've already got my advanced copy because I'm I'm that kind of fan so I can't wait to hear uh, new music which is just amazing that he can still put that out but anyway so 
there was that. And so that goes, that song with you goes into the tune of we're talking about love and marriage. And we'll be talking about prenups a little bit later in the show. But let's go ahead and get started with our shout outs. Shout out to my number one fan. Hey, mom, hope you are having a terrific Thursday morning. Shout out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Hobbs, New Mexico, Houston, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Hampton, Virginia, Woodbridge, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Gadsden, Alabama, Center, Alabama, Oxford, North Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Temecula, California, Opelika, Alabama, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, Lusby, Maryland, College Park, Georgia, and Newport News, Virginia. And as usual, I want to know where you are listening from. So if you are listening from Anywhere other than the cities that I have mentioned, let me know. And next week, I will shout out your city. We welcome new listeners to our little family here. So you can listen live. As I said, we are broadcasting live from our studios here in Atlanta, WWE Real 1100 AM. You can also stream this program, www.real1100.com, or you can watch us live on our Facebook channel. So I am broadcasting live now on my Facebook channel, on the show's Facebook channel, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. So please swing by there and get a listen. So to my Facebook family, hey, y'all, how you doing this morning? Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you missed this show, we also will rebroadcast it um, on our YouTube channel, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We also broadcast on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn Radio. We are a part of the Old Fashioned Health Network. And so this show is streaming on that Facebook page as well. If you want to tune in later, we are a part of several podcasts, including iTunes, Google, Captivate, Spotify, Amazon, Overcast, TuneIn, PocketCast, and Stitcher. Please follow us on fa- on social media. On Facebook, we are Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. On Instagram, at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And on Twitter, at Minutes Doctor. So, whew, that was a mouthful. But I always love to start that show by telling you all how you can keep up with us. And so, if you are on social, please drop by and give us a like or sign up to follow us um, because that will help our show to grow in audience and to stay on the air and expand and do all of those wonderful things so that we can reach more people. So as we usually do, our COVID update. So we have today uh, 31.4 million cases of COVID in the United States. Last week, we were at 31.1 million. And so again, I'll point out to you all how the number of cases, the rate of increase is slowing down. And that is encouraging, even though, um, you know, of course, it is still still sad and unfortunate that people are still becoming infected. Uh, And of course, uh, the number of deaths this week, 564.2 thousand. Last week, we were at 560.5 thousand. So again, um, a slowing number, um, but still significant. And of course, our condolences go out to all of the families affected, uh, particularly those who have lost loved ones due to COVID. In terms of vaccinations, we are doing very, very well. Uh, We are at 212 million Americans have had at least one vaccination. 
Um, and so breaking that number down further, 132 million exactly have had one dose and uh, 85.4 million are fully vaccinated. And so, of course, we are still pushing and encouraging people to uh, get vaccinated um, if you if you are so inclined because we want to reach um, our herd immunity. And so in order to attain that, we need to have at least 70 to 80% um, of the total population to be uh, immunized. And so, you know, we are a country of 330 million, so we would need over 200 million people uh, to be fully vaccinated in order to um, in order to have that herd immunity. And so, of course, you know, please continue. You know, I, I like to consider myself a reliable source, um, and I hope you do as well. Um, but there are lots of reliable sources out there because I know that there are still people who are deliberating as to whether or not they will get um, a vaccination. And so, you know, I encourage you while you are deliberating to please continue to wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands and be careful. Um, and, you know, get the facts and go at your own pace and, and do what feels best for you and for your family. So moving into recent events. And so, you know, a couple days ago, we got the verdict in the in the George Floyd murder case. Um, and so that was uh, nail biting, to say the least. I don't know about you all, but I was anxious uh, waiting for that verdict to come in. And so I am happy that the Floyd family uh, has some semblance of justice, although, of course, nothing will replace uh, having Mr. Floyd fully present in their family. Um, but at least this is some measure of something which I hope brings them uh, some peace. I'd also like to send out condolences to the Dante Wright family in Minneapolis. They are laying him to rest today uh, and also to the families of Adam Toledo uh, and uh, Micaiah Bryant, who is the, the latest uh, shooting, police shooting victim that is uh, notable in the media at least. Um, and so, you know, with all of that, you know, I just want to send out um, to to all all people, um, you know, and particularly to my black men. Hello. Hey, y'all. I just wanted to let y'all know I love you. I see you. Um, I'm supporting you all and praying for you all. And, and, you know, we'll do all that I can to protect you all as well. So I just wanted to send a little love out to that now to those people. So now, here we go, talking about our topic, the prenup, right? So, girl meets boy. Oh, so today is our, our money and medicine segment. So every fourth Thursday, we talk about money and medicine. And so, you know, when I was talking with my husband, um, and he asked me what the topic was for today, and I told him, and he was just like, what has that got to do with medicine? Well, you know, I'd like to say that this show is not just about medicine, but about more so wellness. And of course, financial health is, is a contributing um, factor to that wellness. So here we go. Girl meets boy. They date and fall in love. They decide to spend forever together and they get married. And that sounds very, very simple and very, very lovely. And that is how it should be, right? That we just get married and stay married forever and ever. Amen. But that is not always the way, right? It does not happen that way. So let's talk about nuptials or rather prenuptials, right? But before we do, a few facts. So in the United States, every year about 2 million people get married, which is wonderful. And so that puts us at a rate of about 6.8% 
excuse me, 6.8 per 1,000 people. So about one in 15 marriages last more than 10 years. And according to the Pew Research Center, of those 2 million marriages that occur every year, 60% of them are a first marriage and 40% of them are a remarriage. So one of the conversations that should happen during the dating, like once you've decided that it's serious, so I don't know that this is something that you would discuss on the first date because there may not be a second date, right? Um, But once you decide that you're serious and you're committed and and things are progressing, um, you definitely have to have the conversation about money. But it's probably true more often than not that many couples don't discuss money at any point um, during dating and in the early um, periods of marriage and they really only discuss money when it becomes a problem or when things have gone south and it's time to get divorced and now we have to have this uncomfortable conversation. So you know they particularly don't discuss the prenup or the prenuptial agreement uh, and so you know going a little bit further like what is a prenup so according to the definition a prenup is a written contract a couple enters into before marriage or civil union uh, that enables them to select and control many of the legal rights they acquire upon marrying and what happens when the marriage ends either by death or divorce and so I learned something in doing the research for this show, which I always, I always learn some things, but I always thought that the prenup governed only situations of divorce. I didn't realize that uh, death could be um, covered in that as well, because I figured, you know, if you were married and you died, you know, the will would take care um, of what happens with your assets after that. So what does a prenup do? It lays out the terms that protect both parties um, should the marriage go south, right? So about 12% of married people feel that they are at risk of divorce. And so that's kind of, you know, kind of something. And so, you know, some people even standing at the altar, you know, are are figuring out, you know, this isn't going to work. They already know. But, you know, the invitations have been sent out and folks have on their, their nice clothes and and are there so they go they go along with some things um so of divorces that occur in the united states only five percent of them are covered with a prenup so you know i said two million every year right so only five percent so that's really not a whole whole lot so what are the reasons for getting one so before i tell you that let me tell you all a story so you all know who jeff bezos is right so he is one of the richest men in the world and is the owner of Amazon. So, you know, I know that the Amazon box comes to my house quite frequently. uh, And I know that I am not alone in that, although my husband would say that I probably have the majority of Amazon boxes coming to our house. But that's another topic for another show, right? So, um, so Amazon, so he recently, in the past couple of years, um, got divorced, right? So at the time of his divorce, he lived in Washington State, which is a community property state, and he had no prenup and was worth $157 million, excuse me, billion dollars. So when he divorced his wife or when his wife divorced him, he had to split half of that. He had to let go of half of his stuff, right? Which, you know, still leaves him with a oogob and googob full you know of money right so it's not like he is going to be destitute because of this divorce 
But still, you know, who wants to work as hard as you work and only to say goodbye to half of your things because the marriage doesn't doesn't work out. And as I understand it, he did not have a prenup. So there you are. So the three most frequent reasons for getting a prenup is um, protection of separate property, uh, terms of division of property, it can set forth, or definition of an alimony or spousal maintenance, right? So survey, 15% of divorcees regret not signing a prenup, and 44% of singles support signing signing one. So what can a prenup do and what can it not do? So it can protect your wealth, it can protect you from debt that your spouse may bring into a marriage. So, for example, you know, a lot of us have student loan debt. So you have student loan debt. I have student loan debt. We get married and guess what? That becomes our debt. And then when we separate, whatever, you know, however the terms of the divorce are, we may end up paying 50% of that debt. Well, you may not have that much, right? Because if you're bringing in 20 and I'm bringing in 100 in terms of thousands, of student loan debt, you now are saddled with 60000 where you only started out with 20000 in debt, right? So that can, be, that can be a significant burden to take on. It protects assets of your children. So let's say you have children from a previous relationship and now you're getting remarried, like 40% of Americans, uh, of that 2 million Americans will. So you can set forth a prenup that will protect your children's assets from anything that may happen in this remarriage. And it can supersede community property law. So if you are like Mr. Bezos and live in a community property state, uh, you could get a prenup and that prenup will come first. So even if community property laws say, you know, we have to, um, we have to split 50-50, you can say, well, uh-uh, no, no, no we have a prenup so you know there will be no 50% split here unless that is what you have agreed to in your prenup your prenup cannot dictate religions religious teachings of children and it cannot dictate or predetermine any custodial or visitation type rights um, with your children so there are ways to get out of a prenup but we will talk about that when we come back from the break with our expert, Mr. Brian Ford. I'm Dr. Carissa Hines. You're listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we'll be back after a short break. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? Compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Chapel and we're gonna get married. 
This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And we have on the line our friend from Northwestern Mutual, Mr. Brian Ford. Mr. Ford, hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have been waiting to have this conversation because, you know, I love the juicy conversations that we have uh, surrounding yeah. money. And this one here, I was like, ooh, yes. And especially when I looked at the I don't know if I would say the unfortunate case of Mr. Bezos, because, of course, he's not hurting for anything. Um, But still to separate, you know, to to separate yourself from 50 percent of your assets is is still a significant, significant uh, amount of money to to part with, even if you are left with a ton of money afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that that's something. So, okay, so let's get right into it. Who should get a prenup? Because, you know, a lot of the times, and, and I will include myself in this, um, because I, I will say when I got married, I did not, we did not do a prenup. Um, because when we got together, we both had absolutely nothing um, but ambition and dreams. And and so, you know, I always thought about a prenup being something for people with money, with stuff. So who should get a prenup? So very loaded question. told you we want the juice today yeah and it's funny so you know as you well know you know you have essentially like two camps of people to where one camp is like hey marriage is a you know lifelong deal to to do us part like what the heck do we need this prenup for like it's it's useless yes and then you have you know another camp so like for example Susie Orman you know goes off and says everyone should get a prenup regardless of where you're at on the spectrum and well and so there's really no right or wrong answer to it per se it really boils down to personal preference I will say though where I could see it becoming more relevant is in blended families or and uh a marriage partnership to where there's a huge disparity in the balance sheet and future earning potential. Um, For example, so where money and medicine is a perfect, perfect example of it to where let's say you have a spouse who is on the path to become a surgeon um, and maybe the the other spouse is, you know, something completely different um, where their income potential is only going to be a small fraction of their spouse, but, you know, after they finish up fellowship, mm-hmm. and they're making high six-figure, low, low seven-figure incomes. Right. So where the prenup could come in handy is if at the snapshot in time when that couple decided to get married, let's say the spouse that's becoming a surgeon is in med school, mm-hmm. and maybe they're they're getting married in what's called a community property state. Mm-hmm. And so, so by law, and I, I'm not an attorney, but, you know, the, the laws on this essentially would say um, the second that it. they got married, mm-hmm. both assets and liabilities are now a shared responsibility. Shared. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden all of the additional medical school debt that the, you know, surgeon spouse has taken on is now both of theirs. Yep. And so if things don't work out well, 
the the spouse who didn't do you know as well financially and income now has this huge now liability that they're responsible for. That is very true. So, so that, you know, it's so, so it is not, and that that happens quite quite a bit. And so, you know, it is not a. Um, it is if you are the the lesser affluent partner, it is not always a bad thing if your partner comes to you with a prenup because mm-hmm. as you said in that example it does protect you and I know some folks who um, you know married doctors and are now divorced from doctors and are now paying some student loans for classes that they did not take <laughs> and they are and they are a little bit bitter about that so you know well, a prenup would have helped them because it would have protected them from that debt um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it isn't always, you know, because, of course, in doing the research, you know, we were talking about um, I was reading about, you know, people, how people feel about these prenups, that they feel that, you know, it increases the chances of them getting divorced or it signifies a lack of trust in in one another. Um, but, you know, and that's maybe, maybe it does and maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But, you know, I would not want to be saddled with, you know, debt that we brought in, you know, that you brought in. Um, you know, of course, you know, I would want part of whatever assets we built, but I most certainly, you know, your debt, when you go, you can take your stuff and your debt with you. Um, I don't want any of that. So, yeah. So now what should be included in a prenup, like just in general? Um, in general, pretty much any and everything that could potentially be up for grabs in the event of a demise of a marriage, (laughs) um, real estate. Um, any retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, um, investment accounts. Um, you could, you know, the Jeff Bezos example is a really good example of, in terms of, you know, the, the growth of Amazon. <laughs> right. Well, because, you know, they were married for like 25 years. So, of course, they were married when Amazon was just about selling the books, you know, mm-hmm. before it became this colossus that it is now. And so, you know, you could say in fairness that they were together when they had nothing, quote unquote, nothing. Um, but, you know, and then, of course, it grew to to what it is. And so, you know, you could have conversations about what folks are entitled to or not entitled to. Um, but, you know, it wasn't that she married in she married him, you know, as, with Amazon being what it is now. And she didn't bring anything, um, didn't bring anything to that or didn't help that grow. Um so, yeah, so when we talk about that, and so I want to ask you as a as a financial, from a financial planner standpoint, because one of the reasons that you can invalidate a prenup is if all of the assets are not fully disclosed at the time that the prenup is executed. So, for example, you execute a prenup, but you're hiding money or property at that time when that is discovered that prenup is null and void. Mm-hmm. And so how would you, so if if I were single and my partner and I come to you, how would I be able to find out if he's hiding something from me? In terms of property, you know, now, I don't know about other stuff, sure. but in terms of assets, how would I find out if he is, you know, if he may be hiding something from me? So that way I can know for sure what we are going into this prenup with or not with? Um, I mean, it, it really does come down to trusting that your 
you know, spouse or future spouse or partner is being truthful and mm-hmm. coming to the table, you know, naked and transparent with everything that they own. Um, the one that you can kind of, you know, do some due diligence, if you will, would be if they own some real estate that they hadn't shared with you. Mm-hmm. And, if, you know, it's owned and they have a mortgage against it and everything. Is, I mean, you can look up people's stuff, public records type it's of things. So they, record. yeah. they potentially, if they wanted to put in the, the extra work, they could figure out stuff that way. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, you know, investment accounts and whatnot, I mean, that's privileged information that only the only the account owner is you know privy to, uh-huh. and, unless they decide to share that with somebody. Unless they so. decide to share. So, so here we are. So let's talk about some lessons before we get married. Number one, having these conversations, and you know, number two, you know, we talk a lot about trust, and so you know, of course, every solid marriage is is built on trust. Amongst other things, um, but you know, when you have information that your spouse is not automatically privileged to, you really have to rely on trusting that that person is really telling you, um, you know, what is what. You know, unless you just really are are playing detective and and going through mail and you know all of that kind of stuff. And but you know, if you have to do all of that, then maybe this isn't the person that you should marry. Just saying. Agreed. Just yeah. saying. So now, what kinds of things should not be in a prenup? Is there anything that you shouldn't put in? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, or is there anything it. that is? I'll 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 go a little bit deeper into that. Or is there anything? Because I heard, and I know you're not an attorney, but I heard that things that are inherited are not even if they are inherited during the course of a marriage that they are not automatically they cannot automatically be included in in divorce proceedings that's correct yeah so there we go so if your spouse comes into some stuff while you are married you are not automatically entitled to that but i imagine you could put that in a prenup perhaps to, you know, kind of put that in? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, technically you could include that in the, in the verbiage, I'd imagine, but just by definition, by, by the standards of loss, kind of like, hey, that's a separate piece of property. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but, and that's kind of where, like, that's where my head was thinking of. I'm like, well, it's kind of automatic per se. So it's not, right. not necessarily like you have to include it. Right. But I mean, if, if you kind of think about it, though, like if you're a spouse and then let's say, you know, some family member passes away <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, your, your partner just got an extra half a million, a million dollars that wasn't there before. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you're married, you're gonna feel some kind of way about it. like, hey, I'm I'm your spouse. Yeah. Some people feel entitled to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna but, say, yeah, I'm 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 raising my hand. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna feel some kind of way. Yeah, most people are like that's our money. That yeah, but it's not. not and and again, not. that works both ways because if if you as a spouse come into something, you know, you may not want to share that. You know, you may not want to share, and by law, you don't have to. So, you know, so that's the thing, you know, and a lot of times I I think that when we have these conversations about prenup, people get very, very defensive in thinking, you know, because I hear this from from men, really, who um, 
marry, you know, marry women and just say, you know, well, the women are just out for, you know, they want a prenup or they don't want to sign a prenup because they are out for, you know, what I have and they want to take what, you know, what I have. And again, if you have to have that kind of animosity towards your potential spouse, perhaps that should not be your spouse. Um, you know, because of course, you know, I think that, um, you know, again, like I said, what I have learned from uh, from the research for this show is that it is really more so protection as opposed to, you know, just trying to have a come up in the event of a divorce. You know, but mm-hmm. that's the that's the thought process, you know, that, you know, she's going to get half of my stuff and it's going to be a come up and, you know, half of my stuff is going to go on and 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 whatever, you know, because that's the song was that Kanye song. Oh gosh, what is it? I'm the, the gold digger song. Yes, that's that's the song, and, and there's a part in there that he's talking about that, right? You know that she's gonna take half of your money and you know go off and you know be romancing other dudes with your dime and you know all of this stuff. Yeah, the the irony of that song and and it's fast forwarding to today. <laughs> yes, it it is hilarious. So now let me ask you: Can a prenup be done? after marriage so let's say you know you did not for whatever reason it just didn't come up as a conversation um and i know it won't be called a prenup because you're already married but are there types of agreements that can be done after you're married to to talk about how assets will be divided and and what is that document called and and is it governed differently than than the prenup um, I've heard of documents called postnuptial agreements. Okay. Um, but again, no, no attorney here, so I, I can't, you know, speak in great detail sure. on it. But to but my, it's a thing. my standard, um, those are pretty similar to a prenup. So it's like, hey, we got married. You know, we've had some of these conversations after the fact, and here's what we're, we're deciding on. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd imagine that probably is triggered a lot of times in, in blended families to where. You know, for whatever reason, life is busy. They didn't get a chance to talk about the stuff to the degree that they wanted to before they said I do. Mm-hmm. And kind of find out, you know, maybe one of these investment accounts that one of the spouses has is specifically earmarked for, like, education funding from the children from an original marriage. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other spouse realizes that, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, worst case scenario, any of it, if we split up, I definitely don't want to take away from, from your children. education type of thing. Right. And so, again, that governs the type of person that you bring into your life because this person doesn't have to agree. You all are already married. And so you're already bound by, um, you know, by whatever laws govern your marriage, depending on what state you're in. And so, you know, someone may say, you know, I don't care about your kids and them going to college. That ain't my problem. So if we split up, right. you know, they might want to have to do work study or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> That, you know, well, you know, there's some people who, you know, feel some type of way towards other people's children, you know, and you you have to, again, these are just kind of all of the things that, that you have to consider or that you should consider, um, you know, because, you know, like the, the song says, you know, we're going to the chapel and we're going to get married and people, and it is that simple, you know, you can get into a marriage, like any agreement, you can get into it fairly easily, um, but it is always the getting out that is is the uh is the sticky point and so you know 
So, you know, I am a romantic at heart. Anybody that, that knows me knows that I am that gushy person and I love all of that sappy stuff and I cry at the movies and all of that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I am somewhat sensible in, in thinking about things like, you know, any agreement that you get into, you need to kind of have a thought of, as to how you would get out of it because unfortunately, more than half, mar- or about half of, of all marriages end in divorce. And um, again, in doing the research for this show, I found out that the more times you are married, it increases your chances of divorce. Getting divorced again. You get divorced again. So, you know, so if you are on your third marriage, you know, I think it was like, and I don't know how they quantify this, but it was like almost a 70% chance that that third marriage is not going to work out, which is, you know, sad and off-putting, I guess, but you know, the numbers are what they are, right? Yeah. Any, anything else that we need to know about prenups? Um, to your point, you made a comment earlier about, you know, the latter half of life when, I mean, we are going to pass away one day. Like, how, how does that impact prenups? Right. And I've seen where, I mean, people could incorporate like life insurance into it and say hey so long as they're married like you're gonna make sure you got some coverage on you because if you check ah. out and any event if we split up like i want to make sure you know our, that, our that duration keep, of time together i'm being compensated for see so there it is so that's something else that you can add in so not only talking about um you know division of assets but you can put stipulations in um, you know, as to what you would want. So putting a stipulation in that this person gets and keeps life insurance. That's, again, that's another thought I had not thought about because you are correct. People people do die. Things happen. And, you know, unexpectedly even. So it's not that, you know, everybody gets old and passes away. Um, you know, of course, we know that that is not always the case. Um, and so you can put those kinds of stipulations in. So, you know, in, in talking about prenups, you know, I always think about like the people in Hollywood. So again, you know, going to my thought of only rich people get these things. And, you know, you read like in, in People magazine and, you know, that kind of thing about all of these outrageous things that people put into prenups. Like, you know, we have to be married five years and you'll get this much. So I think, I don't know if it's true, but they were talking about Janet Jackson, for example, that she had to stay in the marriage. Again, I do not know that this is true, but this is what was circulated, that she had to stay in the marriage a certain number of years to be entitled. It was kind of like a graduated thing you know so if she stayed in five years she got this much if she stayed in 10 years she got this much and you know I always wonder like can you put that kind of stuff in into prenups or you know having children or you know you can so you can put just any kind of outrageous request into a prenup that's that's something oh and you know and I've heard you know about people putting in stipulations about maintaining a certain weight or a certain size or, you know, that kind of stuff, which is just, I'm like, (laughs) that is just ridiculous to me because I, you know, I'm a lot fluffier than I was, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And, you know, so I'm like, yeah, I I might be a little bit offended if, if somebody put that in, but then again, you know, for the right amount of money, you know, might, that might be, you know, your motivation to go to the gym. I don't know. I don't know. That might be that might be what gets you there. I I don't know. 
at any rate, Mr. Brian Ford, you know, I have to be a little silly sometimes. Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual, thank you so, so much for for coming in. And I look forward to our next Money in Medicine. So we talked about getting married uh, and the things we should do. So our next uh, next Money in Medicine, we talk about, you know, after the love, we will talk about after the love is gone and mm-hmm. the financial things that come into play when you are ending a marriage. And so I really look forward uh, to that one, too. As always, my friend, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your knowledge with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual. See you later. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. And this is Dr. Carissa Hines from Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. So I hope you all learned something. So if you are getting married or thinking about it or getting married again, um, I hope that you um, will consider a prenup because it sounds like a good thing to do um, or a postnuptial if you you know are already married and, and need to talk about how you will divide some things. Um, but definitely, I think if you are getting married and you have children, I think that that is definitely something um, that you should really consider to protect the assets of the children. Because of course, all of us are working hard so that we can leave something um, behind for our children and maybe even for our children's children. And so, you know, definitely want to protect their assets and their financial futures um, with this. Because, you know, sometimes the person that we marry is is not the same person that we divorce. And so, you know, we we just kind of have to guard against uh, every possibility. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and we will be right back after a short break. sure to listen to the wellness enclave with dr donna sewell a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life in the enclave we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life such as physical health relationships spirituality and even decision making the wellness enclave with dr sewell can be found on apple podcast and spotify This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in on the Real 1100. And we 
back. Welcome back. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and this is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And we were listening in the break to the one of the most beautiful love songs, Endless Love by Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. And so if you got married in the 80s, chances are you played that song there. Yes. And so we were just talking with Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual about prenups and how that protects you from a financial standpoint and what you can do and cannot do um, with them. And so, you know, one of the last things that I wanted to touch upon before we get to our wrap up um, was why people are not getting prenups. Right. So we talked about the reasons to get one, um, you know, that it is protective um, and 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 protection in terms of any assets that are built during the course, excuse me, during the course of a marriage. But, you know, why are people not getting them? So um, if you. So there, there's a thing of, you know, like I said, the fear that it increases the chances of divorce, because if we are before we get married, talking about what happens if we get divorced, um, you know, then that kind of may put people in mind that you are planning to divorce me at some point. Um, it also may uh, signify to some people, to one partner or the other, a lack of marital trust or um that the partner will see that people are afraid that their partner will will see this request um, in a negative light and be offended by it. Um, but as in the case, if you are from a financial standpoint, if you are on the lesser end um, of that, you know, I can see I can see both sides of that. Right. I can see your your potential spouse coming to you and saying, hey, you know, I have all of this money and I want you to sign this prenup because I don't want you to take all of my money. But at the same time, you know, and so you may be feeling some type of way about that. Right. But if that person also has a tremendous amount of debt that was accumulated in the pursuit of this, these assets um, in the event of the divorce, you can be saddled with that debt as well. So you may want to go ahead and sign one just to protect yourself from debt. But of course, that um that depends upon you doing your due diligence and knowing what the assets are, but also what the debts are. So you need to look at the whole balance sheet, right? Um, and so, you know, people may not get prenups because they feel they have no assets to protect. And so I use myself as the example. Um, you know, my husband and I met and dated when we were in our early 20s um, and I did not own anything and he did not own anything. Um, and we have built um, assets together throughout the course of our life. And so, you know, that, that was why I didn't bother with one, um, because I didn't have anything to split. Um, people may feel that this is that the request for the prenup is uh, a sign of a lack of commitment, because again, here we are at the beginning of this and you're already figuring out what's going to happen at the end. Um, and some people think that maybe there is some planning for an end game strategy, which, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, because as I said, you know, any agreement, any contract, um, and, you know, when you take all of the love and all of that gushy out of it, um, this is a contract. Marriage is a contractual agreement. And so, you know, how you get into these contractual agreements, um, you know, you get into them very, very easily. So, you know, 
you can just go to the justice of the peace, you know, get your get your license, go to the justice of the peace and you can be married in, you know, a day or two. Right. Um, but getting out of that contractual agreement may be um, and I'm, I'm going to take maybe out of it. It probably will be um, a little more complicated than that. And so there's nothing wrong with having um, an end game strategy for just in case. Um, You know, people feel that, you know, a prenup is planning for defeat. So we are just saying that, you know, this marriage is doomed from the beginning. And so I just want to make sure that I that I walk away with something or on the flip side, it may keep people in a relationship longer than they really need to be. So if there is a prenup and let's say it says we have to be married 10 years, you may be miserable in year three. But you got seven more years to hang in. And so you may hang on in there being miserable um, just so that, you know, the prenup terms can be executed, which, you know, I know people do it, but that just seems like a horrible, horrible way to live being unhappy. Uh, People feel that it limits the chances of a successful relationship or um, that it could backfire in the case of a reversal of fortune. So let's say, um, you know, I am the spouse that makes 30000 a year and I marry a millionaire. Well, as we see with this past year with, you know, with what has happened to COVID, um, you know, wealth that is gained can also be lost. And so it could be that when we started out, he was a millionaire and, and I was a pauper, if you will. But things changed my fortune changes and now I'm a millionaire and now he's dead broke so you know you don't know how how the future will turn out in general but particularly as it pertains to your finances Uh, and so you know anything can happen and so you know that may be you may want to protect yourself from um from if things, you know, if you have a come up and, and your partner has a downfall and you all decide to split, then you are giving him half of your stuff and you may not want to do that. So that was something. I always like having these conversations. I, I am fascinated with the dynamics of money and, and finances and, you know, how people behave or or misbehave um you know with with financial motivations that that is that is fascinating to me but that is enough of that for today we are going to move into our vitamin c so this has been a, a tough week or or so and and i say a tough week or so but really this is an ongoing toughness if you will Um, When we talk about being black in this country or being a person of color in this country and you talk about the violence that is visited upon um, the bodies of persons of color, particularly uh, in interactions with police. Now, I will say for myself, um, you know, it's kind of a, a mixed bag because, of course, with my work in the emergency room, I have frequently had to rely on um, the police when things have gotten out of control or out of hand or even dangerous uh, in the emergency room. You know, I call on our partners in the police departments to help us and to, and in some cases, rescue us. Um, and so, you know, I have had that relationship uh, with 
with police departments in various cities where I have worked. Um, but I also, you know, shared a, a interaction that I had where I was pulled over uh, last year because my tag was expired and came away from that unscathed, but still very emotional because I was scared to death that, you know, if this is the wrong person or this person's not not really uh, holding on to the, the credo of to protect and serve, that something could happen to me. So, you know, living with that duality uh, is, is something that is, is, is challenging, um, you know, because most of the police officers that I have met, I have actually enjoyed meeting and have been very grateful that they have shown up when they have shown up, but I am not so naive to, to believe that, you know, me on my own, you know, without identification that I'm a doctor or the protection of the emergency room or whatever, um, you know, that things couldn't go left for me in an interaction with police. You know, I'm, I'm very, very well aware of that. And so when I was thinking about the vitamin C for this week, um, you know, it, it came to, it came to me um, about loving thy neighbor. So Matthew chapter 22, verse 39 states to love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, of course, with any snippet of the Bible, there's stuff that comes before that and there's stuff that comes after that. And I encourage you all to find that for yourself. But, you know, in this past week or so, or maybe even longer, that adage is easy to say and hard to do. Right. So so many issues confront us and actually divide us. And of course, um, you know, these past four or five years have really kind of shown a highlight on that division uh, for a lot of reasons. And so of my friends and acquaintances, I have seen and heard opinions on on both sides of many issues. And if I'm honest with you, some of them have surprised me um, because some of these people who have expressed some some views that are the opposite of what I hold to be true. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things of, but, you know, this statement that you're putting out it talks is talking about me and I'm your friend. So how do you, how do you square that? Right. So, you know, some of the views that I've seen expressed um, from people that I have spent personal time with. So this is not just, you know, virtual people on Facebook who, you know, get behind their keyboards and want to be bold and, and such things. But, you know, people that I've actually had face to face conversation with um, the things that they've expressed kind of go against not only my sense and sensibilities, but they also go against in some instances, a, you know, my very right to exist as as a person of color in in this country. And so, you know, it has created some some challenges in some relationships, uh, some relationships I've had to end, of course, because, you know, I have some I've come away from those conversations with some trust issues. And, and I'm a person if I can't trust you, I just will not be around you. That's just that's just what it is. But despite all that, we are still called to love. And I saw a quote that sums sums up this this feeling that I've had, right? Um, and I don't know who has said this. It was not uh, attributed to anyone in particular. But it goes like this. The Bible says to love thy neighbor and also to love thy enemy. I found that more often than not, they're the same people. 
I'm going to let you let y'all sit with that for just a minute, right? That your neighbor and your enemy are sometimes the same. I don't know what we do with that or how we go forward, but forward we must go. At any rate, thank you all so much for listening to me this week. Again, this is my most favorite hour of the week and I enjoy spending it with you and I thank you for spending it with me. And as always, until we meet again, hopefully next Thursday, but until we meet again, be good to yourself, be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.